podcast. Joseph Nasser here alongside Armand Tendravi, Harry Leal, Tony Garcia, Evan Brooks. We're taping this on a Monday, the day after Kobe Bryant uh, and eight others passed away uh, on a helicopter in Calabasas. And, you know, we'd love to be talking to you guys and better circumstances. I anticipated that we'd learn who Harry's favorite new football (laughs) team is going to be and talk about whether Trey Young should have been an all-star starter, but instead we're talking about Kobe Bryant passing away at 41, and it sucks, but I think we all agreed this is something that we wanted to do, that we had to do, Um, and so we just wanted to like reflect on what he meant to us and some of our fondest memories of watching him play trying to make sense of the tragedy and where we where we go from here and I don't know if you guys would like me to start it for and if you guys have, have anything to say um, um yeah for sure I think that um like you said uh I mean, this isn't really something that I wanted to do. I mean, I, I, I thought about it. It crossed my mind in, like, the crazy world one that was, like, the last 24 hours. Just, like, a million things raced through my mind. I was like, damn, like, are we going to have to – I mean, we're going to have to address this on the podcast. But um, I didn't want to do it because I was like – I don't know. I, don't, I didn't want to come across as, as, you know, we're young. We just started. We want more listeners. And I, I didn't just – I didn't want it to seem that way. But, um, uh, you know – I don't know. Trying to go to sleep last night, I felt like uh, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do this because I don't really know where else to talk about this stuff. Um, it, I feel like already, um, I don't know, just being in class, it was just very uncomfortable. Yeah. It just felt like, I, I don't know if this is indicative of like being a journalism school or like the 24-hour news cycle, but it just felt like there was already this pressure to just like be cool with it, be over it. Um, and be okay. Um, and I get it, you know, I'm, I'm about my business. Kobe was about his business, but, um, I'm very much not okay with, um, with this. And I think that it's going to take me a very long time to, um, come to grips with what happened. Um, so I, I, I wanted to say to anybody out there that like, um, you know, a small part of me, I, I was a little, at first, I, like I, like everybody else, I was shocked, but when the shock died down, I cried. I, cr- I really cried. And I was a little embarrassed, too. Like, I'm a grown man. I've never met this other man before in my life. He never knew I existed. Um, he wasn't that big a part of my day-to-day universe, but he was a huge part of my universe growing up. Um, and I, I, I don't know why. I, I felt embarrassed, and then I felt ashamed to be embarrassed and um i just want to say that it's okay to feel that way i think a lot of people feel like shit um about this and yeah you know I, when, when i didn't have any tears left i cried some more hmm. I, I want to read something that you said and i think that it was eloquent the way that it captures the way a lot of us are, are feeling harry and it's you say 19 hours ago my heart has never been so heavy for someone i've never met I only know some of my best friends through you, through watching you dominate, through arguing about your earned place in history. I'm shattered, man. I can't stop crying. And I think what's great about that is that it captures the element of how sports brings people together. And even through debate, LeBron, Kobe, Michael Jordan, at the end of the day, 
I think all of us have a lot of our close friends because of, of sports and all of us are here because we have dreams and aspirations of covering an athlete like Kobe Bryant and so to know that we grew up on this guy and now we're here and he's gone when he had so much more to give I mean he won an Oscar for his dear basketball he wrote the Wizard series uh, children's books he was leading his daughter he was coaching his daughter's AAU team and that's another element to this tragedy uh, as you keep on uh, unwrapping it that, that makes it so horrific but the fact that a, a guy like Kobe Bryant could bring people like us five guys like us together to celebrate you know his greatness it's it's one of the many things that made him special. I don't want to give any of the other guys an opportunity to speak on this. I guess it's weird with grief because, I mean, everyone processes it differently. And my mind really hasn't stopped moving for, yeah. for 24 hours. Like, it, ha- it hasn't fully set in for me. It does for moments, and then, and then it kind of fades, not in, like, the impact, but just in, like, sort of a way of disbelief and... Like, like, I have so many thoughts that I want to say. Like, it's so many things you want to say at once, but don't really know how to say it, at least eloquently. Um, I mean, it just sort of reminds me, like, something like this is kind of the reason why I love, like, LeBron James. Yeah. And, and I don't like detractors, not to take away from Kobe, and, like, obviously this is all going to be a Kobe pod, but this is just using this as an example. Uh, like it's so easy in like such a negative 24-hour society with competition and this and that like how many hours everyone has spent on Kobe versus LeBron or MJ or this or that and it just is a reminder to appreciate greatness because it's so few and far between and when you see it you know it Hmm. and and like and you feel it and to have that gone is really painful for for everyone uh, and it, it's just, I mean, th- there's there's no there's no real words. Um, everyone is sort of searching for their way to handle it, and th- there's no there's no right way, there's no wrong way. Um, I mean, I think about someone like Armand sitting to my left here, who is. All three of you, Joseph, Harry, Armand, are the, probably the three biggest basketball fans I've ever met. But I don't know if I know anyone like Armand who who loves this game like this, who lived almost 20 years in L.A., who is such an enigma in that he hates the Lakers but loves Kobe Bryant. Um, and then that's just – that's only tangentially closer. Like, that's one level closer. And then you think of his circle um, – all Lakers fans, all basketball fans who it touches, but then his family, I mean, his daughter. I mean, I have little nieces, uh, and just thinking about those seven-year, like a seven-year-old girl, she, I mean, Gianna was 13, just a little girl with nothing but potential in her life ahead of her. Um, and then other families, like Kobe has the power to make us all realize that we're mortal. Uh, where we become so desensitized to to all the shootings you hear about on a weekend or a plane crash or a car crash, a semi turns over, what what have you, or cancer. It, it, it hurts like when you hear about that on the news, but that's just in passing. And that happens all the time, every day, and everyone knows it. But when someone who's larger than life, like it never felt like Kobe was going to die. Like Kobe was going to kill death. And like whenever he decided 
that's when he was going to go. He was going to be 80 years old, still the face of the Lakers, on the baseline, uh, chopping it up with... I don't know, LeBron's son, who's now the coach of the Lakers in 2063 or whatever. Like, like he was never going to go anywhere. I'm not going to lie. I never even felt like he was going to retire. Yeah. Like, I can't – I remember the Warriors were going for win 73 yep. I was the same the night, and I was watching Kobe. Yeah, for sure. Go for we – we were at a bar in, in East Lansing. The entire bar stopped. Everyone has just turned. It's on every flat screen. And this is a bar, not a sports bar, mind you. This is an East Lansing. I think it was a Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night bar. And and just watching Kobe do his thing one last time. It was it was you will always remember where you were for that day. And I think you'll always remember where you were yesterday. It was iconic. And I think something that kind of occurred to me about Kobe Bryant is just how on brand he was during his career and then also post-career. Uh, I can't remember. It might have been Jackie McMullen or Ramona Shelburne um, who, who was talking about how just the same tenacity we see with Kobe Bryant and you know people maybe doubting him here and there on the basketball court. People were saying, oh, Kobe can't make the transition into retirement. And he almost like use that as a chip on his shoulder to demonstrate not only am I going to not struggle in retirement and he dominated retirement he dominated dominated fatherhood just elite 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 it's weird to even call it retirement like he didn't retire from any he stopped playing basketball but he didn't retire it was such a graceful transition I was listening to pardon my take earlier and Big Cat was talking about how he he taped a podcast with Kobe Bryant um, and Alex Rodriguez and something that stuck out to him is that Kobe had accomplished so much and it's worth 500 million plus dollars and there he is at 7 o'clock in the morning just sitting alone in his office he, that was the kind of drive and focus that he had and that's what he carried through even when he couldn't play he, he always was seeking the next challenge and one of the things that really got to me as you know because we're all refreshing Twitter trying to understand what's going on and it was that clip of him on Jimmy Kimmel um, where he talks about his daughter dreamed about playing in the WNBA and um you know, how people would go up to him and say, hey, Kobe, you and V need to have a son. And he, with as much conviction as you can have, say, no, no, I don't. She's it. This is it right here. And, you know, she she believes it. And you can just tell through her, the look in her eyes and her smile and her her charisma that she had something special. And the fact that... Both of those two had so much to give to this world and to the game of basketball, and now it's all of a sudden taken away. It just leaves an empty feeling, and it can't be replaced. And I don't know how we reconcile. We haven't mentioned Vanessa Bryant, who wakes up today, learns yesterday that she no longer has her husband and her daughter. And she has to raise three girls in this world without the two of them. And we're not talking about just an everyday father. We're talking about someone who is an elite father and empowered his kids. And that's probably the part that hurts the most. I was talking to Harry yesterday, and we know Kobe's personality through interviews and almost the defiance that he has. And almost, like, if it was just him and he had passed, we all know that he'd be saying, don't worry about me. Do the best that you can do. But the fact that his daughter and... 
seven other people had to be with him in that in that crash it's like so much pain so much hurt and and i don't know what to do with them i just want to say something real quick about the family that i think is is maybe not being talked about um you know this is this is a terrible time for them but this is going to extend i think the the worst part about this is that they're going to have this for the rest of their life i mean there's going to be a dark cloud because of how popular Kobe is everywhere that follows them in every corner of every part of the globe forever um, and you can't run from that it's it's inescapable um, whether you're on vacation in on some random island in the tropics everybody there knows Kobe everybody there knows who you are everybody there knows how it ended or whether you're at home in LA you know there's just and it's not that people are going to be disrespectful I don't think that at all but I think that it just sucks to live that way. It sucks. It would suck to grow up that way. Um, and they just had a daughter who's never even going to know why her life is like this. Mm-hmm. If you're an innocent, per- not an innocent, if you're an in- inconspicuous person and you have that, you have moments of getting away from it. Um, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, like that pain will always be there. But there's times where you're not a person who lost their dad and their sister. The, the person you're ordering coffee from at Starbucks doesn't know that. Your last name is Bryant. Everybody knows. And I, to, I agree with your point wholeheartedly. That's exactly what it is. And um, I mean, I, I knew that today was going to, at least for me, and uh, J.A. was saying this in our class too, I knew today was going to be worse than yesterday, at least for me, because um, this is a million-fold times what I'm going to say, but it's obviously like a so-so. I don't need – everybody knows that I'm not comparing these apples to apples, but it's just sort of the, the feeling, the way I can get it across. Like if your team loses a Super Bowl or you go through – like you're, something really sad happens in, in your life and then you wake up the next day and then it's worse. You wake up on that feeling, and this is – in immeasurably worse than something like that when you you don't get a job and you're sad that day and then you wake up the next day and you have to live with that reality but this is a reality yeah, i mean let's that, put it in context never goes this is, away. i i'm willing to say that this is probably the the saddest or most horrific day in sports history just because i know you know magic have uh contracting or uh being diagnosed with hiv and then having his press conference you know with the death of len bias or i mean that you can go and roberto clemente is the only one horrific. i can think of but but i mean you know i think that the scale of who kobe was as a public figure yep. combined with the means that we have to publicly grieve and mourn like those two things together created this very special and terrible hurricane yesterday that I just can't I, I just don't think that anything pale everything pales in com- comparison to that um, yesterday felt really big like like really really big uh, I think I can sorry Evan no, no. it's your turn but I can only think of I was trying to think of who else would create this sort of hysteria and I mean I can think of maybe three names. I think it would be LeBron, Tom Brady, and Michael Jordan. Outside of those three, I can't think of a single sports figure that would cause... It felt like the earth stopped rotating yesterday. It felt like everything ceased to exist. Yeah, he literally stopped. Like, like the earth stopped and everybody was just, you know, talking about him. And it's just, you know, 
you guys have really said it all, but it's just hard to put it in perspective, you know, with his daughter being on, on the helicopter and her having so much to live for and just his relentless pursuit of excellence, you know. We also you mentioned mentioned it with just everything he he wanted to do and tried to do, he did it or pursued it relentlessly and wasn't gonna let anybody, anyone, anything stop him. You know, he wasn't, you know, handed anything as a kid or put it on a on a pedestal as a kid. He worked for every single thing, you know, that he ever earned. And I think and I think, you know, we all should do that with whatever, you know, whatever thing we're trying to pursue, sports, whatever. Um, just sure. pers- pursue it relentlessly because you never know, you know, you never know when it's going to come to end and when God's going to call you home. And it's just, you know, it's it's sad and sad is an understatement. But um, I think, you know, Kobe, Kobe stood for a lot and he was a lot of people's heroes. Um, young kids I know for me personally he was the he was my favorite basketball player and was honestly the reason I started watching basketball just you know with his mentality and just never giving up and never quitting and just being so I've never seen somebody so you know passionate and like just literally like can't let something go so just strong-armed about you know a sport or anything other than Kobe Bryant, so it's just it's a sad day. It's tough, for yeah. sure. I mean, you said it, the hero thing. Like, I didn't grow up watching like superhero movies like they have now. You know, I didn't grow up reading comics. I mean, like I had video games, but I mean, I grew up watching my superheroes. You know, I grew up watching Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant. You know, Steve Nash, um, Dirk, Shaq. I mean, but really Kobe, because like, like you said, like it was Kobe taught me so much about what it means to pay attention to detail. And, um, like, really give a shit and not don't be embarrassed about giving a shit, you know, because I think that there's a time when we all grow up when it's like you're good at something, you're good at a subject in school or you're good at a sport or something. And then, you know, you look around, nobody else is and you just kind of feel you just feel weird for it, you know. And I think Kobe was always that kid. And he just he didn't care. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be really, really fucking good at this. And then one day you're going to you're going to look up to me for it. And he did exactly that, you know? And I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Kobe was one of the best teachers that I had growing up just because I, I didn't, I wasn't really great in school. All I cared about was basketball. I didn't care about anything else. All, all, all I cared about was basketball. I didn't, I didn't even care about girls. Like, legit. I would just play. I would play. I would hoop with my friends during recess. We had like a study break. We would hoop. We would talk about basketball. We would follow like the playoffs because I'm, I'm I'm living in Shanghai, so like the games are going on as we're in class, basically. So we would follow along on like the ESPN GameCast. We watched a little freaking orange animation ball bounce off the stupid rim, whatever. And then after class, we would play. Then we would go to practice. Then afterwards, we'd go home and play 2K. And then I'd go to sleep and I'd repeat. That was it. So so. Kobe, because he was so outspoken about about basketball and the process that goes into creating um, this awesome show that he's able to put on every night, and he did that. He was one of the few guys that was willing to put, to put a show on in front of some shitty Knicks team, 61 at the Garden. You know, like, he was the first guy to go into, not to use his show, but go into detail about what what kind of foot, what's, what's footwork. Mm-hmm. Like what? What's this move? How do you do this? How do you read this defense? And for me, like that's that's so much of like why I love the game today. And I still I love the game. I love basketball so much, and I, I love all of those things. That's those those. That's the most important thing to me. I always say like I don't give a shit about the narrative stuff. Like I don't care 
who's who's better, Kobe or LeBron. I like to debate it, but for me, it always comes down to like, what am I looking at on the court? And Kobe taught me so much of that. Um, so it just it sucks to lose that teacher. But you know, you're right. Like I think that you know, even more so now, we have to put that attention to detail in everything else that we do. And I think that's how he would have wanted it to be. And I like what you talked about in terms of teachers and him being a role model. And, you know, I I see another meme that's circulated as him at the Nets game with his daughter and him teaching and sharing a moment with his daughter and that smile on her face as she's interacting back with him. And I just think what I aspire to be one day as a father Mm -hmm. and a father I wish I had when I was 13 years old. And um, him taking the time to develop that relationship and be as good as a father as he was to his kids, that girl felt like she could do anything. You could see it in, in every aspect of her being. She felt like she could do anything. And for no reason at all, they're, they're not here. And we, we'd be remiss if we don't mention the Altabellas, the two kids who are going to grow up without their parents. Yeah. Um, they leave two kids behind, and that's that's hurtful. Um, also, Sarah I, and Peyton Chester yeah. as well. Yeah, Kobe's like top assistant coach, and some of his family members were also, I think, on that. Were like assistant coach for the for the the girls' school team. What is it called? Mamba Academy. Mamba Academy. Mamba, yeah, Mamba Academy. Yeah. So, about that, we, I mean, uh, I'm I'm at a loss for for words about Kobe Bryant and his sudden passing. But one of the reasons. In addition to reflecting on the events of the past 24 hours um, that we put together th- this podcast and wanted to have this conversation is to look back on some of our favorite memories of him. And you mentioned 61 at Madison Square Garden. Uh, I'm wondering if, if any of you guys um, ha- have any additional memories just on the basketball court of you know, whether you got, I mean, Evan, you talked about how he was your favorite player growing up. Um, any memories on the court where you felt like, you know, this is, this is very, I mean, the 60 point game. I mean, you go on and on and on and you talk about him putting on a performance. He always delivered, it, yeah, it always. seemed like. Um, and that, he, he, he trained, you talk about narrative and how you admired him, Harry, for, you know, the detail that he put into the game. And, and the thing is, is that he had that detail, but he also dominated the narrative because he yeah. was that compelling. The mythology of Kobe is, like, ridiculous. That's insane. Armand, you haven't said anything. I wonder if you had an op- if you wanted to use this opportunity to, to reflect on what Kobe meant to you and you being from Los Angeles area. What were your thoughts on him were? Um, I, it's really hard to put it into words, what he meant. Um, when you talk about one game or one moment that resonates with me, I just remember, I think it was the year that they were, that he tore his Achilles yeah. and they were chasing the eight seed. And it was uh, one of my best friend's 18th birthdays that, that day. 
and his family is very wealthy. Actually, they live in Newport Coast, and they live in the community next to Kobe's community. Um, and he was saying how, um, you know, his dad had rented out this huge Persian restaurant in Irvine for his 18th birthday, and the Lakers were playing the Raptors that night. And then there's like 300 people there, and his dad was super like being anal about you guys can't watch TV. Like I rented this place out, you guys have to like be present. And then me and like him and like our probably like eight other closest friends, we left his birthday party to go next door, and we got yelled at. And that was the night that Kobe uh, hit like three clutch back to back to back threes I think and sent the game to overtime it's one of his uh, iconic late career moments and it just like um, that was one of the last times where it was like this guy is like a superhero to all of us growing up like every single day there would be some kid in school wearing Kobe memorabilia or um, he was just the topic of conversation but more so for me personally outside of basketball um just the life lessons he taught me um from afar and just like if I could ever had have or had one athlete to just chop it up with or have a conversation with and pick somebody's brain I I don't care about the basketball part at all I would want to have a conversation with him um because I think he was such a fascinating human being. Um, the the thing that stuck out to me yesterday, obviously his family and all that, but like 2015, uh, Lamar Odom was like basically on his deathbed and Kobe mm-hmm. basically just dropped everything he had and went to be beside his brother because I'm sure a lot of people would do that, but that's the type of person Kobe is and was and it's just um yeah i I don't know what to say i mean a month before this happened uh there was like a car crash around where where kobe was Mm -hmm. he he just like got out of his car and just like went to go help out i mean i don't know this same sorry to interrupt this same friend um i never i wish i got to meet the guy i never did um but this same friend who lived near kobe would go to the albertsons in the community he ran into him about four times i think and he has a couple pictures with him and by like the third or fourth time kobe actually knew him by name and uh would actually i don't know how he had the memory to remember my friend's name but he would be like i remember you and then he would say his name and it's just like to like he one of my other best friends actually yesterday went and actually got a kobe tattoo because of what kobe meant to him and what he symbolized for him in his life and his struggles and i just think that um we won't have many athletes again in our lifetime to have that kind of impact on society and that's it's a shame and it was apparent yesterday how many people he touched uh, trey young coming out in the eight jersey bradley beal devin booker john moran demar Derozan, demar Derozan, lonzo ball greg popovich doc Kyrie, rivers Kyrie couldn't even play and like who can blame him i mean Kyrie and uh, uh kobe were apparently like very very, very close, close. um I mean, the, I mean, just Tyson yeah. Chandler. Oh, that photo killed me. Just the, like even just his the last twenty four hours. Think about what he did. Like I was reading, 
so many stories uh, about like like Ramona Shelburne was working on some piece uh, about him and or and, and Phil Jackson and something Phil Jackson used to do. She texted him. It was a couple weeks before. That was yesterday. a Jackie. That's a Jackie Mac. Oh, that was yeah. oh, that was Jackie Mac. Okay, and and said like, hey, do you think you could just like give me a few thoughts about my time with Phil? Yeah. He's like, hey, like I'm really bu- busy with my girls right yeah. last right now. Like just hit me up in a couple weeks. The day before, like, I mean, I, of course he's gonna pay tribute to LeBron, but just that being his last tweet is just so like. So eerie. It is eerie, and it's it another thing that people thought that he couldn't do, and he right. did it. Be- you yeah. saw him transitioning from that, that ki- from that killer, and like, and someone who 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 was. I mean, we can we can talk about how he was reviewed at the in the first half of his career. He was hated by by a lot of oh, people. Sure. By a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, his and then image. he like became like this man with this old long gray beard <laughs> yeah. who was just wise as shit, and just it was like you know what like. The way I can advance the game forward is by sharing my knowledge. And be, right. you see Tiger Woods sort of going through the same thing mm-hmm. when there's like a little fall from grace for someone repairing their image. Okay, for him, big, um, like repairing their image and and just being more jovial and like really appreciating the moment. Because like they, these guys have been great their whole life. Like everyone's always wanted to be around Tiger, around Kobe. But then when you can see like sort of the mortality of like your fame. Um, Leaving like it, it shows like who who you really are and who you should be and like and Kobe was realizing it like not was yeah. realizing it realized that for the last five plus years. I want I want to expand on that a little bit because I don't think I think this is lost in Kobe's legacy too. Is like if you had taken Kobe his last year in the league and and just put like a bet on it like he would have been the odds on favorite to become the next Chuck the next Shaq the next like back in my day blah yeah. blah, blah, blah like it, the 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 odds on that bet would have been astounding like Kobe was set up to be the old ass hater because that's just who we thought he was mm-hmm. and then like immediately like there was no transition period he was so gracious and so all he did was show love to the game of basketball itself um, and like it just I don't know about you guys, but like for me, as someone who watched, you know, a lot of Kobe's career, it caught me by surprise. It really did because I just I didn't think that he had that. I didn't think he had that in him, and I didn't think it would happen that fast. But he has shown nothing but love to to guys like LeBron, and and Mike, and um, I don't know. I just think that he's pushed the game so far in that regard, and also skill wise too. Like people always wonder why the game was so trash, like talent wise, like in the early two thousands, and then why why is it so like okay maybe the game's worse aesthetically today, but it's more everybody's more skilled today than ever. Like why do you think that is? It's because of the guys at the top, Kobe is in there doing absolutely everything to increase the size of his the deep in his bag basically and um, I think that like you look at all these guys now like they're a product of that the NBA today is in a large part built by the hours that Kobe put into his own game Um, and I think that's what was super eye-opening yesterday too is that like not only was this guy you know I said this off the pod but not only was this guy our hero but he was our hero's hero this guy this was the guy who whoever you look up to they looked up to him it's universal just how deeply he resonated with everybody how many people he touched and yeah this is this is a, a tough one for sure I, I you know going back and trying to think of like some of my favorite memories I, I think it's interesting because 
I, I was because Kobe was very polarizing, right? So you had people who rooted for him and rooted against him. And for majority of his career, I rooted against him. Um, you know, when he was going through that stretch in the late two thousands, uh, playing against the Celtics, the Magic, um, the Celtics again, I rooted against him in all three of those series. But you know, a year or two later. Like I began to appreciate a lot of the things we're talking about in terms of the focus, the determination, the skill development, the conviction that he had, and it got to the point where you know I bought a pair of Kobe shoes just you yeah. know to to pay homage, and you know we all had the shoes. Like the, I mean, he, he was one of the first athletes who had low tops, and you know yeah. low tops. I'm that was not, a big deal. They he, were like, oh, he's gonna roll his ankle. He talked about last week how I'm not athletic. You know, I need every advantage <laughs> I could get, so the low tops were key for me. I, I, I remember I to, that with the soccer influence and ex- stuff. Exactly. He's like, I, I, I had to cop. I had to cop. And, I mean, the Achilles, him tearing the Achilles in 2013. That's got to be the quintessential Kobe moment. There were so so many of them. That's the crazy thing about it. And I was just looking just now. And the last, so that was the 2012-2013 season. So his team could get an eight seed. So his team can get an eight seed. And this is about to blow your mind what I'm about to tell you right here. But do you want to take a guess how many minutes a game he was playing in the last 11 games of that season? 36? I mean, I'm, well, because you said blow my mind, I'll say something ridiculous, like 42. I think it was 44. What? 42. I was going to say 42. So the last 11 games before he tore his Achilles, 43 minutes a game. Oh, my God. He tore his Achilles then on April 12, 2013. In the month of April, Kobe Bryant played 45.2 minutes a game. Hmm. And you wonder why the Achilles snapped. That's crazy. I mean, that'd be my favorite moment of Kobe. Not that, but uh, the injury thing. Because, like, that was the biggest thing for me growing up was, like, you know, it became, like, a joke amongst me and my friends. Like, how many fingers is he going to break in the season? And he's just <laughs> he out here dropping, through like, it. 40 a game. Like, I don't, it's so stupid. Oh, like, that, that, four, that yeah, what was put, the 40-point, or 50-point he threw up, it was put up 50, 50, 50 four games in a row? games in a row. It wasn't that season, but there was, you know what I'm talking about. There was a season where he broke, like, five or six fingers in, like, three weeks. Yeah. And didn't, he didn't miss a single game he just put some extra tape on it and he was he was like let's go and i'm like dude what are you doing that's on your shooting hand yeah. <laughs> i don't know no regard but i mean that's the the drive yeah. to win um, if there's one game i would say it's the olympics the uh, the final against spain. spain 2008 yeah because it was every single player that i thought was like honestly i thought i thought a lot of these players i was like they're better than kobe at this point in their career i was like kobe's a little bit past his 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 prime this is before kobe kind of entered like the second like latter stage of his career um and i was like this is LeBron peak LeBron peak Wade you know peak mellow but Kobe in that game like like he was like it, it, every single play that needed to be made, made Kobe made it and that game was in doubt that's that, the crazy that thing. was a tough game that was a really really tough game for them to win and they needed it because it was that was four years after they shit the bed exactly the redeemed team it was the redeemed team and the crazy thing about that is that he's coming you know a month or two off of losing to the Celtics in the finals in that's 2008 yeah. and um, it, another thing about that game it was like at two or three o'clock in the morning so yeah. I didn't watch it live and this was before YouTube had every single thing on the planet before House of Highlights. So, like, I'm hearing people talk about, oh, Kobe, did you see what he did uh, against Spain? It It was crazy. And, like, you're trying to find, it's like, where is this? I need to see this. It's like... 
you, you finally see it, and it's just unbelievable. And just like, the way they would they would defer to him, like, and you're talking about gods. So put like, up thirteen, he's a god thirteen of the fourth. Yeah, I'm just absurd. And it wasn't just the scoring; like, he made critical passes, like huge yep, rebounds. Um, and his defense that whole tournament. I mean, shouts to him too, because like everybody thought Kobe's got this big ego, big ego. What's he gonna do in the Olympics? Like that whole tournament, like he wasn't the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a lot of LeBron running everything, and Kobe. They were like Kobe, play D. He was like three and D basically for most of that tournament. And then when it was finally the finals, like, all right, everybody's looking around, like who's gonna who's gonna do something? The game's in doubt. Kobe turned the fuck up. I mean, Kobe. People say that he's you know ball hog or whatever. I'm, I'm looking at the 2009 NBA Finals. The guy averaged 7.4 assists. Um, you know, so like whatever it takes to to win the game, like he he was willing to do it. Even that game, uh, Game Seven against the Celtics in 2010, six for 24, and I've used it against him. But at the same time, I mean, Armand brought it up 15 rebounds. Yeah, a um, lot of those were on the offensive glass. Exactly, and we, we've talked about oh, the value yeah, yeah. of defensive rebounds versus offensive rebounds. Yeah. Uh, it's huge. His defense that game. In fairness, awesome. Kobe missed a lot of shots. He did. Oh, yeah. He's, he's missed the most shots of anybody. Yeah. That's, and it's not close. No, it's not even close. It's not close. Yeah. It's, it's but a you got to be the man at. to take yep, that many exactly. shots. To not be like, scared. Yeah. yeah and how about the fact, like, you know, how many people can miss 10 shots and then take the 11th? You yep. know, like Kobe was that guy. Um, we didn't even mention his 81-point game. And, yeah. you know, that was like, I can't even remember, was I ninth grade, 8th grade, whatever. But yeah. just in the hallways, the murmur, it's like, Kobe scored 81. Yeah. And just looking at that box score is so ridiculous. Like, yeah. And re-watching, it's and like, he, yeah, and how's he, that possible? He only took, like, I mean, only. It was like 43. Three shots. That's very or, or something. It was it was incredibly it's efficient. It's an extremely efficient forty three <laughs> shots. It's, it was. I mean, it was. It was dude, he couldn't. Hit, he couldn't hit the rim. Like, yeah, it was so stupid. I didn't watch it live, but so stupid. The public commercials too. I know. Yeah. It's not like like really like him doing it, but they were just. You know, just brought up memories with him, you know, joking joking with LeBron about the rings and stuff and having the little kid in the background. And they, I remember they had the one with him with him and LeBron playing one-on-one and the little neighbor called downstairs and she was like, you don't play no defense. It's just, just going back and forth. It's just a funny moment. I think that was the season where they were, was that the season? Where, where they were supposed to play yeah, against exactly. each other and then Dwight the kind of upset was, the party. Yeah, Dwight, Stan Van Gundy, Hito Turgley. But uh, that, that season was... And those commercials just bring back a whole. That was lot of memories. that season where like you felt the myth of like this is the next like MJ uh, or uh, this is the next uh, Larry Magic, Magic yeah. thing. Yeah. Like it was like that season belonged to the, Le- the to the LeBron Kobe debate, which I think we can officially say is retired. Like who fucking yes. cares? Like yeah. what a stupid ass. I think yeah, I think it will. Yeah, I think it is died. Yeah, or, I'm I'm, I'm over it. I, yeah. I don't care. I mean, he, he's just special, and so what, what's the, what's the need of having a debate like when you can just acknowledge yeah. That, yeah. He, that he was a special person and a special athlete? And I think that, uh, at least for me, like guys like that are the reason why I'm doing this. You know, to to contextualize and tell his story and having the opportunity to interview a guy like that you know that that mm-hmm. can never happen with Kobe Bryant now and it, it's a shame That's because I, I remember I just loved like his candor when he was being interviewed and he did a lot of media you know relative to what he did during his career I remember in the past month and a half he went on knuckleheads and then he went on all the smoke and like you know back to back weeks him on all the smoke like and he was incredible he was awesome 
I mean, he he was in 2K, you know, last year, this year, the year before. Like, you know, every time you're playing with the Lakers, you know, he'd hop in and, you know, provide his insight. And and it's just like, for a guy who's so omnipresent, I mean, we've all talked about how he's impacted us. And, like, like even though we don't know him personally, it feels like we know him because we hear that voice and we hear that conviction in his voice. And we know what he did on the basketball court. And, like you said, he's like a hero to us. And now he's just gone. And it just... Just piggybacking on on what you just said, like, it made me think of something that's just kind of... I don't know, maybe it'll make sense a little bit of like why this matters so much is like all the things you just said kind of describe how people view God in a religion. Mm-hmm. Like, and there was a religious cult, a personality, cult of personality around this man, um, not just because of the game of basketball. So if anybody out there who's listening um, didn't quite catch what Kobe Bryant meant for everybody, like this is it. Like he was, like you said, he's omnipresent like a god but he's so available and he's so accessible you know in the way that a lot of people pray to their god you know like and and he answers like their individual prayers and i'm not saying kobe is a god but i'm saying in the eyes of a lot of basketball fans that grew up in a young age when they needed somebody to follow they needed a role model in a religious sense kobe filled that void for a lot of people um you know myself included and and yeah and i think it it behooves us to, like you said, continue to tell great stories about basketball and continue to love basketball and appreciate basketball and love life because Kobe himself was such a gracious ambassador for the game. He wanted those stories to be told. So, you know, I think it's a, I think it's, it's, it's a great idea to point that out that we should carry on that tradition. And, I, and that's why you, you kind of articulate why I'm grateful. Whether or not the right decision was made to play games yesterday, I was grateful for the way that the players and the coaches handled it mm-hmm. because it, it, it showed that even though the circumstances were tough, it meant something to them to honor this guy who was larger than life, an iconic figure, a god, as Harry is saying, a godlike figure. And all of them did him justice in the right way with the 24-second violations and the 8-second violations and the way that each of them... I, I pulled up today on YouTube, there's an 18-minute clip of just player after player after coach after player just talking about Kobe Bryant and sharing what they meant to, to, to those people or what he meant to those people and it's they articulate it so well and they handle it so well and I'm so impressed like in such a tough situation, such a tragic loss of life of nine people for for no reason really and i mean the thing that geeks me out the most about this this situation is that he was doing something for his daughter like yeah he he was being a great father you talk about people like to talk about oh you know people who aren't there in their kids lives and this guy was literally doing that taking his daughter and teammates to a basketball game a game that he shared a love with uh, with with his daughter it's it's incredibly sad but you know i, I think we, we all understand it's going to take a while to 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 heal from this and i think it's good and productive that you know you you guys all agreed to we all agreed to to have this yeah. conversation because i it, feel it like it's like, been you know cathartic in a way even though nothing will will fix the situation we but. didn't even really talk about this we all just kind of assumed yeah. like, it's not like we texted yesterday like we normally try to text about what we should talk on the pod it was just understood and i'll understood. try to make this my last point to, to harry's point of if you want if you and it, it makes me laugh, like if you want to know what level of like 
above like, like not that he's above people but just like Superstar. what next level figure he is he broke the golden rule he gave himself a nickname yeah and it stuck and it worked like, and it what? stuck that's never like, that before. doesn't have that no never. one can do that never. you can't give yourself a nickname nope. but like that's the mamba the mamba bro that's the mamba forever all right well unless anyone else have any anything else they'd like to add share say i think i i, I think that we would be remiss to not mention that obviously kobe is a very complicated person yeah. and he has a he has um, he has a past, a checkered legal past. Um, I'm, of course, referring to the uh, sexual assault allegations, and the charges were dropped back in, oh, fuck, what year? Oh, 2003. 2003. Um, later, the charges were filed again, and they settled out of, out of court. Those are the details of the case. Signed an NDA. So that's, th- those, are, those are just the plain old facts. We'd be remiss not to not to mention those, but and I, I, I talked about this a little bit um, off pod, but I think that two things can be true at once. That... Um, we can grieve a horrible, horrific tragedy, and I can I can mourn the loss of a figure in my life that was super important to the way that I grew up as a man. And I can also, you know, I can I can at the same time keep in mind and be thoughtful and cognizant of people out there who might have viewed him very differently and and in a much more hurtful way. Like that's those two things are valid. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. That's all I want to say. Also, this just an ESPN will re-air a replay of his 60-point final game tonight at 9 o'clock. Oh, all right. ESPN giving up airwaves to watch. A I better. So, yeah, yesterday wasn't handled very well. That's fitting. Well said, Hare. Um, and, you know, RIP Mamba, you will be sorely missed. And uh, I appreciate you guys all taking the time to sit down and ch- chat and be honest and vulnerable and hopefully yeah thanks, next everybody. pod we have harry you can announce well. uh, you can announce your nfl team do you, should i actually order the hat yeah i'll order that you're, you're all in and then I've we're decided gonna, i've made my choice also we're, we're going to talk I'm about glad to have you on board <laughs> we're going to talk about uh all stars as well who we would pick for the reserves and maybe get into some Here. debates as always thank you for listening be sure to rate review subscribe Hold forever R.I.P. Bean. Peace out.